Hello, and welcome to The Popcorn Isn't Real. As usual, I'll be your host today, along with my brother Leif. Today, we've got a special treat for you because director Joseph Kosinski will be joining us. He's the director of such films as Tron Legacy, Oblivion, and the upcoming Top Gun Maverick. Make sure you stay until the end of the episode because he drops one of the biggest bombshells our podcast has ever had. So keep listening and don't miss it as we try to argue that the films Oblivion and Top Gun Maverick are in the same universe. I actually have a question for you. Who would win in a fight? Jack Harper from Joseph Kosinski's Oblivion or Maverick from Tom Cruise Maverick? <laughs> Who would win in a fight? It's a good oh. matchup though, right? No, like they're both not. expert pilots. <laughs> well, what are they doing? This is a hand-to-hand fight. I think Jack Harper wins because he no, can fight. No, it's an airplane fight. <laughs> Jack Maverick Harper has his fights. super space airplane. <laughs> well, he still wins. <laughs> Now, if you had said Jack Harper versus Jack Reacher, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Jack Reacher it's wins. Just gonna keep on ringing. <laughs> Jack Reacher is insane. He just beats up people in random bars for no reason, so he can just that wait is... there for the policeman <laughs> yeah, to, show to up arrest so that him. <laughs> he can be there when that policeman is arrested, <laughs> even though that would have happened regardless. He didn't need to go there to uh-huh, beat anyone he didn't up. Need to be there. The guy would have been arrested anyway. <laughs> he just wanted to beat them up. That was all. He just <laughs> he just wanted to beat up some guys. He's like, wait a minute. If the sheriff in this town is about to be arrested, I can do whatever I, I can want. do whatever I want. <laughs> this is my moment. There's no law. This is like (laughs) Wild West rules. (laughs) (laughs) But wait, we're not here to talk about Jack Reacher. Oblivion, starring Tom Cruise, directed by Joseph Kaczynski, written at least partially, I think uh, Kaczynski must have worked on the writing. He wrote the graphic novel that it was apparently based on, even though that graphic novel doesn't actually exist. It's unpublished. Kaczynski actually talked about this in an interview with Empire Magazine. He said that the writer's strike occurred in 2007, so he had a treatment for the film, but no way to actually write it. So they partnered with a comic book company called Radical Comics, which allowed him to continue working on the story with some writers by developing a series of images and, you know, just uh, a couple story beats to go along with them. Oblivion was released in 2013. The graphic novel is credited to Joseph Kaczynski, Screenplay is credited to Michael Arndt and Carl Gydesek. Yeah, I think grammatically it's Michael ain't. Really? A-R-N-D-T? Or Michael isn't. No, I'm just... (laughs) (laughs) You're so (laughs) smart. Dude, you (laughs) You got me. (laughs) What's Oblivion about? Can you lay it all out for me? So basically it's about Tom Cruise doing this weird thing where he lives, then he dies, then he repeats. (laughs) (laughs) That's the tagline. Everyone knows Oblivion is about live, die, repeat. So basically, it's about a man living on the edge of tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. We're so funny. (laughs) We really are. (laughs) He partners up with a woman named Victoria to defeat this alien menace. And only then does he realize that she also goes back in time whenever she dies. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm still still going. <laughs> I've never seen Edge of Tomorrow. You've never seen Edge of Tomorrow? No, I've heard it's great. You should see it. I think it's a really fun sci-fi movie. It's based on a manga called All You Need Is Kill. 
Oh, that's a way better name for it. <laughs> I know, isn't it? I would have seen it. Why didn't they keep that name? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Let's get back to oblivion. Okay, so oblivion, oblivion. is Basically, about. You wanted me to tell it, right? Yeah, but you weren't gonna, so I was gonna. No, no, take I'll do over. it. I'll do it. I'll do it. So this is about Jack Harper. Jack Harper is played by Tom Cruise and his wife, who we are going to call his Earth wife for some reason, named Victoria. They are tasked by a mothership in the sky that is supposedly helmed by a human woman named Sally, who gives them tasks every day. And basically, they are taking the Earth's water and like breathable air and sending it to another planet. (laughs) Yeah, they're like converting it to energy is what they say. (laughs) And I do think this is the best part of the movie. And the greatest thing about the premise is that, whoa, as you might expect from that, turns out that they are parasites and they are working for aliens. They think that aliens are trying to stop them. But really, humans are trying to stop them and they're working for a mothership of aliens. Sally is not real, just like the popcorn. Mm -hmm. And... They are stealing all of Earth's resources to send to Jupiter's biggest moon, where presumably the aliens might live. I don't know. No, I love it. Tom Cruise ends up finding his space wife, someone who he was married to before. Yeah, his actual wife. Turns out Her Victoria name is isn't really Julia. his wife. And, and also Tom Cruise, for whatever reason, is a clone of himself who every time he goes up to space gets reprogrammed and then sent back down. Is that right? I mean, I think they have hundreds and hundreds of him and Victoria all over the planet. And every five years, they recommission them. Like, they bring them back, kill them, and send down another one. I have a few things that I want to say about Oblivion. I don't think we need to go through the whole movie, like, scene by scene, just because our theory is, like, very self-contained. But I do want to say, just because we're talking about the character of Jack Harper, who is played by Tom Cruise, I really enjoy Tom Cruise as an actor, Of course, in his bigger roles, he's awesome. Like, you know, Mission Impossible is always really, really fun. But I especially like his smaller roles. (laughs) Like, for example, Les Grossman from Tropic Thunder, I think is his best role ever. (laughs) He's so good as Les Grossman. Roy Miller in Night and Day, I think, is amazing. He's almost like a parody of Ethan Hunt from Mission Impossible. Yeah. Tom Cruise's Jack Reacher, also amazing, which we talked about. Oh, Jack Reacher. Wow. And let's not forget his best role on the Oprah show. On Oprah, dude. <laughs> Tom Cruise went crazy. I was surprised at how many times he tries to break her hand. I know. In the real recording. <laughs> okay, so anyone who hasn't seen it, you can, of course, go and watch the, the clip from Oprah where Tom Cruise goes nuts. But what you may want to do if you want a slightly toned down version is just watch the ending scene of Scary Movie 4, <laughs> yes. which is a parody Far of that. Far funnier and less creepy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good I love it well okay so Tom Cruise doesn't have any memories of his wife of Julia who he finds except for the memory of going up to a tower where there are some like viewfinders when Tom Cruise goes into area 52 yeah does he start in area 51 no he starts in 49 oh, and then okay. goes to 52 they I think 51. they deliberately avoided 51 just be, <laughs> we don't want any crazy fan theories about this movie <laughs> No, but when he goes into Area 52, I actually love that scene where he lands and he sees someone else getting out to do his job to fix a drone. By far the best scene in the whole movie. What is going on here? Who could that be? Uh, It's probably another technician. And I love it because of all the questions this raises, right? Like for him, Area 52 is supposed to be unbelievably like radioactive. Like you die as soon as you enter it. 
and yet there's no radiation. And then there's yeah. someone fixing a drone. And then he gets closer. It's like, what? It's literally me doing my job fixing a drone here? <laughs> I love that scene. I think it's awesome. <laughs> I think it was really, really good. He, he beats up Area 52, Jack Harper, takes his ship. He comes back and the Area 52 clone is gone. Yeah, he's just gone. So he left Julia in a cave in full yeah. view of Area 52 yeah. he didn't clone. didn't even try to hide her. Who, uh, Julia is dying. And also Area 52, and Area 52 clone, clone saw, her. saw her. And I and love that he saw her flashback. and had the exact same, like, <laughs> completely dehabilitating flashback where he gets <laughs> the totally top. immobilized. Yeah. The that's main just guy. how these clones act. Yep. No, that's just how they all act. They really, really screwed that's up the programming. such a good scene. I them. loved it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he just got up. Saw Julia dying and then left. And then at the very end, Julia's just living alone, you know, in that little oasis with a daughter for some reason. Mm -hmm. And then that clone shows up because yeah, her Jack her. Harper died. He, he found her. Area 52 finally found her. And she's like, yay. <laughs> like, she's like, this one will do. <laughs> this implies that that clone who did not lose his Victoria and was like actually affectionate towards his Victoria <laughs> saw Julia once for a second and then went home did whatever version of divorce they have and left to find this julia <laughs> he's like i'm done with you i want my space wife i actually think what happened is that he just went crazy and just wandered in the desert for two years oh. until he wandered into that oasis he gets there with the entire resistance yeah just just so coincidence they must have found like he was wandering, wandering and him, yeah. like hey turn this direction <laughs> yeah, he's like, okay. <laughs> you'll find it but just like getting beat up by another version of self just ruined him. Just like, well, I don't know what to do now. I guess <laughs> I'll wander <laughs> around. <laughs> I mean, that is a pretty weird thing to have happen. Yeah. Have you ever been beat up by another version of yourself? What does happen when Jack and Victoria complete their mission? So the Tet wants to be able to control these clones. And I think the implication is that the longer they're out there, the more free will they get. Like right. the less the brainwashing applies to them. So it gives them five years, after which time it brings them back, disposes of them, and sends down two new clones. Why does the Tet let Tom Cruise in? Because it asked him to bring Julia. That's the whole reason. The Tet killed Victoria and said, Hey, Jack Harper, you didn't die. You know that girl you've got there? Why don't you bring her up? Why does it want her? It doesn't explicitly explain that, but it's implied that it believes she would be a more effective partner for Jack. That okay. if it brainwashed her, he would do what it says. And honestly, the events of the he movie make me believe that. <laughs> Morgan <laughs> yeah. Free that was Morgan so Freeman's plan all along. <laughs> yeah, no, Morgan Freeman had the same plan. So I think the Tet made the right call. So here's what I really want from the Oblivion sequel. I want it to be about a couple who are married, who are working, doing the same thing, and it is Jack Harper, Tom Cruise, and Morgan Freeman. <laughs> now they're married. Because he brought Morgan Freeman wow. up to the tent instead. No, it's true, he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be pretty cool. Oh my God, well, that like, amazing. Sally is like, I guess they're a more effective team. It's the person he brought. <laughs> Oh, that would be so cool. Wow. <laughs> They're like showering together. I've we are an effective team. Welcome home, Jack dear. Harper for as long as I can remember. <laughs> yeah, dude, he could narrate it. Five years ago. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Wow. But no, I, I actually, I really like the idea of the Tet alien. It doesn't make any sense for an alien species to send 
armies across space just to some little planet in the middle of nowhere just to like conquer it that makes zero sense it makes a little more sense to just send a factory over there and then produce native species to conquer the planet for you because <laughs> you don't even know if your species can live on that planet right it, it makes way more sense to use right. something that's already there and then you just send a factory it's way easier to send that i i really like that portrayal of an inv- an alien invasion it's kind of like the idea of the, of the von neumann probe if you've ever heard of that what's that first thing is there's the fermi paradox you know what that is right yeah i know that Okay, so that like, obviously, if we're not alone in the universe and there were aliens that evolved before us, they should have been able to spread out to all reaches of the galaxy by now because the universe has has existed and galaxy has existed for such a long time. Why haven't we seen them? Right. The idea is that there is some sort of great filter that every species will go through that stops it from progressing. Like it ranges from the spectrum of them destroying themselves to them never having existed because the pure act of existing is so freaking difficult that no one's ever done it except for us on Earth, right? That (laughs) could be the great filter. Or maybe the most likely great filter is just developing a way to travel the unbelievable distances. Right, right. Because it's ridiculous how far everything is in space. It's true. But see, that's where this thing comes in is that like, Von Neumann probes, basically a species that developed long before we did, but has the same capabilities as we do or, or slightly more advanced, should be able to create robots that can spread out through the galaxy, find resources and create more robots and then spread out through the galaxy more in an exponential fashion. If you do the math on that, these Von Neumann probes, if they were ever developed, should have filled the universe by now. But that depends on when they started. But presumably, like, if there was an intelligence like us, assuming we're not unique, that had developed, you know, millions of years before us, it seems like they could have inhabit the entire galaxy with robots. But we have no evidence of that, so clearly nothing has ever done that. What's the purpose, though? You're talking about the, the paperclip maximizer here. Yeah. <laughs> if you create a probe that just wants to make more probes... What's the purpose? Why do I want to fill to the galaxy? Fill the with universe. Probes? That doesn't. Right. <laughs> Why? Well, that, 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 yeah, I don't know. But like the, the, the point is that someone could have done that, but no one has. The only reason I was bringing them up is because the Tet in this movie is not exactly like that, but it is kind of similar. I mean, like, I think it, it's interesting that it's working in a similar fashion. It's just using humans as its drones, sending yeah. them to their okay. own planet to mine resources no, you're for right. it, it's the Von that it is then using to presumably spread out to other planets. I love it. I think it's so cool to see what is basically a super indie 70s uh, sci-fi as a modern blockbuster. Like, that doesn't exist. Like you said, it's it's steeped in the annals of sci-fi, right? Like the theoretical stuff, like Von Neumann probes. And I just think it's cool the way they put this whole universe and this whole alien invasion plan together and <laughs> how they do that, right? Like, it's cool. Lucky us, we've got Joseph Kaczynski here to talk about his movie, which is amazing because I got so many questions for him. Hello. It's great to be here. Thanks, guys. I I can't believe we get to talk to the legendary Joseph Kaczynski. It's going to be great. So there's an interesting theory about Oblivion that actually involves Top Gun Maverick, um, oddly enough. Uh, First of all, I want to say I I actually love Oblivion. I think it has a really cool and unique concept of like a human doing his best to t- take care of the earth, but actually he destroyed the earth. <laughs> he just yep. didn't know it, right? I think that's yeah. so fun. I love that twist. It really fits with our podcasts and <laughs> kind of putting twists on movies. But also, I love the atmosphere of the movie. There's kind of this like lonely solitude. 
I don't know if you've seen a movie called Silent Running. Um, yeah, of course. Silent <laughs> Running was one of the inspirations for Dude, it. It was definitely an old seventies, yeah, seventies sci-fi. It was like Omega Man, Silent Running, and then uh-huh. I had all these as a kid. I had all these um, illustrated science fiction books that uh, by artists like Chris Foss. They just had these kind of incredible visions of what science fiction looked like, which was different than how it had been depicted in films at that point. So, yeah, but yeah, 70s sci-fi, that kind of lonely last man on Earth was was absolutely the, the kind of influence for that type of film. Back when sci-fi movies were less mainstream and more indie, uh, when we were getting movies like Dark Star Logan's Run even, right? Like there's a bunch of these really indie feeling sci-fi movies from back then. And I think at its heart, Oblivion is one of those indie sci-fi movies that just became a blockbuster when Hollywood got wind of it, right? Oblivion was conceived as a very, very small science fiction film because I thought it was going to be my first film. I wrote it in 2005 and thought it was going to be like a $15 million really small science fiction film. And then, got a lot you know, bigger than that. <laughs> when Tom Cruise, yeah, when Tom Cruise saw it and, and heard kind of what I wanted to do with it, it became, it became a much bigger film, but it still has the themes and ideas and kind of intimate nature of what I originally conceived. It was just done at the very kind of highest level and had level of, you know, has the aerial sequences and shooting in Iceland and building the sky tower and all this stuff that I would never would have been able to do on a shoestring yeah. budget. Okay. So I actually, I want to drop the theory on you guys now. I'm going to tell you that there is a theory, and I truly believe it, having watched this movie, you know, a few times and really thought about it, that Jack Harper, the main character of this movie, is Pete Mitchell, a.k.a. Maverick, from Top Gun. That they are the same person. Not just that they are similar, but that they are in the same universe. They're the same person. Oh, that no. uh, Oblivion is basically a shared universe no. with Top Gun. That's just <laughs> now, you too might crazy. Be thinking to yourself, that surely will insane. not get confirmed. <laughs> How am I going to prove this? First of all, they're both played by Tom Cruise. So, of course, that helps a lot, right? But look at their personalities. Jack Harper is a total loose cannon, right? Like, you, he flies around, he, he does. ignores the rules, he rides around his motorcycle, just wants to go play basketball. But also, you know, he's a very skilled and very dedicated pilot, right? Like he's top notch. Top gun. Sound like someone else we know? Sound like a certain Pete Mitchell, a certain maverick who likes to fly around breaking the rules, but is really good at his job? Yeah, they're they're pretty much the same personality. And more importantly, both of them are canonically born in 1962. Which oh. I don't think that could just be like a coincidence. Oh, that, I think oh, that's that, purposeful. There can't have been that many people born in 1962. No, <laughs> it's not like an entire year full of people being born. No, what is the one iconic thing that Maverick always has on his face? A smile. A pair of aviator sunglasses. Oh, That's right. Sorry. <laughs> he popularized the entire aviator brand. They took off because of that movie. Well, wait a minute. Jack Harper also has a pair of special aviator sunglasses that he loves and wears in every single flashback to when he was alive and still keeps and puts on a shelf in his wow. cabin. They, right, he's got right. special aviators. Those are iconic of Top Gun. Now, what do we know about Jack Harper's profession? Well, he's a pilot. And he, he worked with NASA the on a special mission with a experimental spacecraft. 
What yeah. do we know about Maverick from the new movie, Top Gun Maverick? Turns out Pete Mitchell, Maverick, he's now testing insane space airplanes. That's his job <laughs> to test Whoa. these experimental spacecrafts, basically. And Top Gun Maverick takes place in the year 2019, even though it's now releasing in 2022. Is that right? Right. Either 2019 or 2022. We'll, we'll see what they say when it releases. <laughs> but it was originally filmed as 2019 because that was when it was going to release. Right. It is pre-pandemic. But either way, we know that the invasion in Oblivion happened sometime before 2077, um, okay. many years before 2077, because uh, Jack Harper, who was born in 1962, was still alive and young. Yeah, that's true. And we know that since he's the same age as Maverick, Maverick would have been, you know, old enough for active duty and still flying spaceships around if that was his profession, right? Mm -hmm. Like the timeline completely fits. Now, I believe it's somewhat implied that the invasion happened in 2017 and Maverick is in 2019. Um, so that could mess things out. But I mean, maybe the events in Oblivion happened a little later than we thought, right? Yeah. I, I think the 2017 date comes from when Jack finds his space wife, Julia, he tells her that she was in Delta sleep for 60 years. He could have just been off by a little bit, right? Like, he doesn't know. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's true. His memory has been wiped many times. He has no clue about Well, and that, that answers another question. Why did he change his name from Pete Mitchell to Jack Harper? I mean, he has no memory. <laughs> the very first line in the movie was, it's been five years since the memory wipe, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> No, you're correct. And they've certainly given him false memories. They changed his wife to Victoria. But yeah. Julia calls him Jack. So the only answer that I have for this is that she also has a smoosh brain and can't remember anything. Well, no. Yeah. Um, before she calls him Jack, I think he introduces himself as Jack. So maybe she's just going along with it. <laughs> I don't know. The only one who can answer this for sure is Joseph Kaczynski. So luckily we got him he here. never would. Yeah. Yeah. They were both born in 62. They were uh -huh. identical twins. They separated both were aviators. <laughs> well, Wait, hold a, on. Uh, there was a rift in the uh, space-time continuum creating two parallel storylines. One, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, the Tet arrived and, you know, young Jack Harper uh, joined the NASA and, and, and investigated the Tet. And then the other universe, which is the one we live in, Pete Mitchell joined the Navy and starred in Top Gun Maverick coming in 2022. There you go. You could definitely make an argument for that. And yeah, they are. They're in the Tom Cruise shared universe, you know. That's amazing. I mean, you pretty much, that's that's the whole theory. You just said it. That would have to be it. Yeah, I'm, I'll buy <laughs> that's that. So cool. That makes a lot of sense. I don't know if people know this, but we made um, Oblivion cruise shirts. I still have mine after we made the movie. And it is the Top Gun logo, but it says Oblivion and it's what? Devin F-14. It has a <laughs> above the logo. So that was that's our amazing. cruise shirt. That's so cool. And I still have I still have mine to wear it every once in a while. Oh, man. So then... Was directing Top Gun Maverick, is that like a dream come true for you? Yeah. It is. It's it's absolutely. I mean, I remember seeing Top Gun as an 11-year-old kid, you know, in the theater in the summer of 86. You know, I remember seeing, you know, Jay Bruckheimer's logo at the top of the movie and or his name along with Don Simpson. And that was probably one of the first movies I'd seen Tom Cruise in. And, you know, the way that Tony Scott shot the aerials, I mean, that was the movie of oh. that year. Uh yeah to be able to direct the, to continue that story and work with Tom and Jerry and was uh, an incredible experience. Awesome. That's so cool.
No, I think this is a really cool theory. And I think that it pads out both characters. Like we get to see Pete Mitchell in a completely different environment now. We get to see how he would act, uh, the kind of life he would live in a post-apocalyptic world. Like how often does that happen that you get to see the main character from like an 80s drama (laughs) <laughs> just a straight up drama <laughs> now in like a post-apocalyptic sci-fi world that's yeah, so that's cool, cool. <laughs> that's yeah. so freaking uh-huh. cool i love this and then on the other hand we get to see this you know sci-fi post-apocalyptic drama man in you know as a young guy in the 80s <laughs> and also in the in 2022 when maverick comes out we'll get to see how he's like then i wish that we could like go back and you know, take uh, the main character, um, Julia Roberts from Pretty Woman and like, I don't know, put oh, her in dude. Terminator, right? Wow, and see what happens. <laughs> wow. Like something dude. like that, right? Like that's what this is. Oh, I think that's good. incredibly cool. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, and she's fighting clones of Richard Gere, like, but it's the Terminator inside his skin. She's rich now and he's just a poor robot just trying to make a living. I mean, I have a lot to say about that movie. So let's save it. <laughs> let's not say it. <laughs> we're going to have another episode. Some things are better left unsaid. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, you know, when you pull your nose and a tissue and then you put it in your purse, then you reach in for your lipstick or something and your hand cushions into it. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You're right. <laughs> Some things are better left unsaid. <laughs> oh, what a good movie. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't know we're referencing Top Secret, uh, an amazing movie. Not by the Top Zucker Gun. <laughs> but it does no, have Val Kilmer Gun. in it. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> He's amazing in it he's a good actor dude so there's this rumor circulating that tom cruise insisted basically made an ultimatum that he wouldn't be in the movie maverick unless val kilmer also starred in the movie um is is that true because i think that's pretty cool we all wanted to figure out a way for val to be in the movie and um Mm -hmm. i think we were thrilled that we were able to do that and val wanted to be a part of it as well. So, you know, I can't, I can't say anything about the role now because, you know, the movie's not right, out yet, right. but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking, I can't wait for people to see yeah. Tom and Val together, you know, cause I, that's I one of the greatest wait. rivalries of all time. The, the I Ice know. <laughs> Ice Man Maverick, Maverick. Uh, remember that locker room scene and to see those rivals, you know, become friends at the end of that film and how yeah. that relationship has evolved over the last 35 years is 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 a lot of fun we actually talked to uh, jack epps who wrote the you know top gun and wow he told us Incredible. yeah i know it was amazing <laughs> and now we're talking to you i'm so excited so he he told us that uh with penny benjamin uh the story about how uh maverick buzzed her house and got in trouble for it uh he told us that that story was based on a story that they heard from an actual Navy pilot who did that. And the shockwave from the jet was so powerful, it knocked the house off its foundation. <laughs> I Incredible. Was, I was just wondering. That doesn't surprise it, me. That doesn't surprise no. me. All the, all the stories, you know, all, a lot of those uh, stories from the first movie and, you know, from our film as well are all based on real you know stories we hear from naval aviators um amazing so yeah that that doesn't surprise me one bit that's a that's a great that's a great story rumors abound that jennifer Connolly will be playing penny benjamin in this movie and i have to ask are we going to see a flashback of this event where maverick knocks her house off its foundation (laughs) (laughs) all i all i can say is you know you'll have to you have to see it on the biggest screen possible. 
you know, no. to, uh, <laughs> just have to, to experience wait. it. Yeah. Yeah. Not too long. I, well, thanks guys. I, I, this has been a lot of fun. And I, and I, uh, I really appreciate the, the detail you guys went to asking those questions. I love it when fans, you know, really dig in and come up with their own theories. And I think that's what films are meant to do. They're meant to be discussed and debated. Yeah. And, and uh, so I, I appreciate that. And it's um, our pleasure. You know, Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being yeah, thanks here. Thanks so much for taking the time. Hey, so uh, what do you think of Oblivion now that you know that uh, that Maverick is actually Jack Harper, the main character of Oblivion? Um, I think that does that makes it him a very when he is Maverick from Top Gun, that adds a whole backstory to him. You're like, oh, this is what he did. Of course, he's flying around spaceships, dodging aliens. <laughs> he doesn't do it. No, I that, love but. it. This is, I think this is a really, really good theory. I love it. And dude, can you believe that Joseph Kaczynski, Kaczynski confirmed, confirmed it? it? Confirmed it. His, <laughs> oh his, was, his take was a little different than ours with separated twins, but you know. Hey, that's fine. <laughs> and it's completely confirmed because he is the director of Oblivion and Top Top Gun Maverick. Right. And well, he what he blew it. my mind with was that when he made Oblivion in what was it, 2013, that their shirts mm-hmm. were the Top was Gun logo. The Top Gun logo. <laughs> like he's been planning this oh my for gosh. years. Oh my gosh. No, like that means that they actually. <laughs> this guy's wrote pulling Oblivion like a popcorn is a real mind. long con to get Top Gun Maverick. Made. He is. And that means that legitimately, uh, Jack Harper being born in 1962 was not a mistake and not no, a coincidence. He was always that was on purpose. It. He is. He is Pete Mitchell. He's Maverick. <laughs> or at the very least, his identical twin, Jack Harper. Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. This has been like my favorite, <laughs> my favorite development in all of our theories. <laughs> this is insane. Yeah. Like, I never expected this yeah, one. No, to we've be never confirmed. had a director just straight up interrupt us to be like, yeah, 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 it's true. Okay. Here's how it happened. <laughs> no, no. He had his own like ready to go primed and pumped <laughs> like theory. He was itching to say, I think he's believed this for years, man. Yeah, man. Man, uh, hey, if uh, if your mind was blown by that revelation, just like ours, uh, get a hold of us on Twitter, uh, leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts, rate us, uh, follow us, tell your friends about us, because, oh boy, today we learned once and for all, the popcorn is not real. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, the popcorn isn't real. Popcorn's <laughs> or, so not real. It? <laughs> well, it might be real. Music for this episode was provided by Christine. Keep listening. Keep thinking up your own fan theories. uh, And remember, the the popcorn popcorn isn't isn't real. real.